Good morning, everybody. We are in the fourth and final part of our Advent series, Advent Conspiracy, uh, talking about what it looks like to worship fully, um, which Mark has already kind of alluded to today, but worship fully by spending less, giving more, and then today what we're going to talk about is what it looks like to love all. And here's where I want us to start. Um, I want you to just think about how many times over the last week, just ballpark figure, that you have used the word love. Like how many times have you said the word love over the last week? Just think about, think about the different ways that we use it just this time of year. Like I love this time of year, right? Or I love sugar cookies, or I, I just love shopping for other people. I love giving gifts. Or I'd love it if she stopped talking, right? Just think about the difference in those two types of things. I love that Tim wore bowling shoes to preach in today. All of these different things that we use the word love, right? But this, this time of year, I want to go to the experts on the matter. The experts on the matter at this time of year especially are kids, so I want you to hear a couple definitions or a couple examples of what love looks like from the perspective of kids. You remember the show, Kids Say the Darndest Things? Yeah. Some of you are old enough for that. They've tried to reboot it. It hasn't worked. But here's, here, in the spirit of Kids Say the Darndest Things, here are a few ways that kids define love. Love is when your puppy licks your face even after you've left him alone all day. <laughs> That's a good one. When someone loves you, the way they say your name is different you know that your name is safe in their mouth. That came from a kid. He's going to grow up to write cards for Hallmark, probably. <laughs> it's really good. Here's a good one. When my grandma got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. So grandpa does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. Love is what's in the room. I really like this one. Love is what's in the room at Christmas when you stop opening presents and just listen. Some of you are going to do that this year now. And here's the last one. You really shouldn't say I love you unless you mean it. But if you mean it, you should say it because people forget. See, kids have this, this, this way of just kind of, uh, of just crystallizing and summarizing what love is. Um, and, and again, this is the time of year where it's kind of easy to feel those kinds of feelings, to express those kinds of feelings. But I want us to talk about that other word in the message title. Love all. Love all. Because again, it's easy to love friends and family at Christmas. It gets a little bit harder the longer you spend with them, but it's pretty easy at this time of year to love that. But, but I want us to think about loving people outside of our inner circle, loving people beyond that, that inner circle. And so far in this series, we've kind of said, we need to take our cues from Jesus. We need to retell and we need to reflect the story of Jesus at Christmas. And so um, I think we should take our cues from him in loving all as well. So he's the model. He's the example. He's the one we follow, which means he's the one that we look to. So when you look at the broad scope of who Jesus loved, he didn't stay with his inner circle, right? He didn't stay in heaven with the Father and the Spirit, you know, eternally worshiped, eternally in community. He didn't stay there. He could have, but he didn't stay there. He left. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world 
that he gave his one and only son. So Jesus came into this world, and, and really what we're talking about is the theology of Christmas. I know you guys have been waiting for us to talk about the theology of Christmas. So here it is, okay? Here's the theology of Christmas in a nutshell. God came for the poor. That's kind of the theology of Christmas. God came for the poor, and just so we're all clear, you know who the poor is? Yeah, it's you. <laughs> it's me. It's your neighbor. It's your friends, it's your family, it's, it's, it's people all around this world. When you look at what Jesus says about the poor, there are obviously times where he's talking about those who are under-resourced or underprivileged. It's obviously there's times that. But in the grand scope of things, the poor is anybody without God. And we were without God until Jesus came. Look what um, the Apostle Paul says in his letter to the church in Corinth. He says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Now, this doesn't mean what the televangelists tell you it means. This does not mean that you start following Jesus and your bank account's going to grow a couple zeros and you'll never have to worry about money again. Paul is talking about the extravagant riches of God's grace that he has bestowed on us, that Jesus left the riches of heaven gave up his riches so that you and I could have the extravagant grace and riches of his love. We don't deserve it, can't earn it, but Jesus came for the poor so that we could be rich. So the good news of Christmas, the good news of Christmas is that Jesus has come to help the poor, the destitute, the spiritually bankrupt. And just so we're all clear on it one more time, that's you and me. We're nothing. We have nothing without Jesus. And this is what we celebrate at Christmas, the gift that Jesus loved all. So what does that look like for us? If we're going to retell, if we're going to reflect the story of Christmas, what does it look like for us to love all? Again, it's pretty easy to love the people in our inner circle, but how do we love all? And today, we're just going to have a, a conversation with some of our um, ministry partners who are, are doing that all, um, not just here in the States, but um, across the world. So I want you to give a Grace Point welcome uh, to Kara and Ryan Higgins all the way from Iowa. So guys, come on up. If you've been around Grace Point for um, any um, amount of time, over a year or two, you've heard us talk a little bit um, about Amana Kids, which is an orphan ministry out of Rwanda, Africa. And these are the two that kind of founded that and lead that. So I want you to hear a little bit of their story, and then we're going to talk about how we're going to partner with them um, this year. So Ryan, Kara, thank you again. We've done this once. It went great, by the way. The, the reviews were in from first service. It was awesome. You guys hit it out of the park. Let's, you read them? Good, good. So Ryan, Kara... Why don't you introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about your background, how Amana Kids got up and running, and anything and everything else that you want to talk about there. Okay. Uh, okay, well, thanks for having us. Um, we really love coming here and, and chatting here all the way from Iowa. Um, our, our family, we began in, in Baser, Kansas, so not too far mm-hmm. from here, and then uh, in 2009, we, uh, a lot of things happened in our life in 2009, but one of them was we moved to Iowa. And uh, we uh, also completed the adoption of two of our sons uh, from Rwanda. And so we, uh, we got to go to Rwanda. And we, we, uh, while we were there, 
you know, God was just telling us, you know, you think, you think this is the end. Uh, <laughs> you yeah, know, you got another thing coming. <laughs> and uh, so, so uh, yeah, we, we, just, we just left with Rwanda on our hearts and, and, and the people. And, and really, uh, one of the things that kind of struck us was, you know, out of, the, out of all the resources, the time, money that it took to complete an adoption, um, we got there, and, and there are still hundreds of kids left at this one orphanage. And it's like, well, that's, you know, what are we going to do about that? that that's, that's no good. So um, what happened? So uh, fast forward a few years, and um, we were really transformed. God was definitely transforming our family um, because living with uh, repercussions of losing your first family is it's a lot of trauma and a lot of suffering and pain, and that really um, molded the way we saw kids and the way we saw the orphan crisis. And realizing that adoption is on God is God's heart. He adopted us, but it's not the solution for the orphan crisis. And um, and we became pretty act, uh, involved in the adoption community and the trauma community. And someone approached us about leading um, some volunteers to an orphanage back in Rwanda, and we were like, yeah. Um, because that would be a way to stay connected with our boys' culture. Um, but go send us where nobody, nobody wants to go. <laughs> um, and so we took a team of volunteers, one of them being Manya Schmidt, who's a member of your congregation. And we, um, I think we have some images of the, where our kids are from. It was an orphanage that you could not drive to. Uh, you had to be in really good health, honestly, to, get, to make the hike up the hill, up this steep rocky hill where the kids lived. And within a few moments of us being there, I actually took my shoes off. It was uh, such a holy experience. And at the time, I thought it was because of the place was sacred, but I look back now and I know it was because God was like, here you go, here's the rest of your life. Um, and so um, within hours of being in this place, uh, we were like, if Americans knew about these kids, they would care. They would care that these kids are suffering and they're not in school and they don't have someone to kiss, their, kiss them goodnight. Um, so we thought, we'll just Google how to start a nonprofit. <laughs> And we literally Googled it. Yeah, and we also found a book, Starting a Nonprofit for Dummies. And uh, we, were, we were the dummies. It actually exists. And you can see some of the pictures on there. And, and honestly, um, if you've seen, uh, if you've seen you know, things on TV about you know, developing countries and their orphanages, this was worse. Mm -hmm. Whatever you've seen, this was worse. And it was just incredibly heartbreaking. Um, so, like Kara said, we had to get those kids out of there, and so we, we, uh, we just decided, you know what, we're going to tell their stories. And so we said, all right, we took pictures, we tried to interpret as many things as we could about their stories. Most of the kids, I mean, another heartbreaking thing, we got tons of stories we could share afterwards, but uh, they didn't have any dreams. Most of them had no dreams. It was so uh, gut-wrenching as a teacher. I'm a high school teacher. And I'm all about, you know, having kids reach their dreams. And, hey, what do you want to do? Let's, let's work together to do that. And, and these kids, that, that they, their dream was to make sure they had a meal next. And it was, it was just so sad that they had no, they had no desires, no, nothing that they wanted to do in life. Mm -hmm. and, and so we, we said, all right, well, we're going to tell their stories. And so, we, so that was in uh, the summer of 2013. And we decided um, if we can get 50 kids sponsored by Christmas, 
that seems like we're, we're doing okay. Uh, and by Christmas, we had 97 kids uh, sponsored, matched with families in the United States, families that had agreed they would pay for these kids' school and med medical needs. Um, and so food, their basic necessities. And so, um, so we, were, we felt like, okay, God, God wants us here. Like, we're, we're, we're doing this. Um, and I'm a midwife, and he's a teacher, so we are not qualified to do this at all. Um, but we, we had our board of directors that we created. We Googled a lot. We reached out to nonprofits and asked for help. Uh, and so here we are, um, <laughs> eight years later. Awesome. Yeah. Tell me, what's, what's, your, what's your goal? What's the mission? What's the vision of Amana Kids? Uh, well, our first mission is to make sure that every child is known um, besides their Heavenly Father. We, we teach them that they are known by their Heavenly Father. We want them to be known by somebody else. We want them to, be, to have a, a family photo that they hold on to. And then we want them to have letters that they get from, some, from somebody who cares about them. And, uh, and so that's, you know, that's first and foremost. And then our second is we, we want to get into education. Um, because we, we understand that education is, is the key. It's the key to reversing their cycle. Um, there was the cycle of, of poverty, the cycle of the orphan. Um, and so getting them an education. Uh, so those, those are our three. We've got to make sure they're known by, the, that they know that they're known by their Heavenly Father, that their needs are met, and then that he, uh, they get an education. So. Talk a little bit more about the education piece. Um, because for us, we just think, well, our kids go to school, right? It's just kind of a given. But it's a little bit different. In, in Rwanda. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, in, in a developing country, the, uh, the, the, I don't know, the, the education is, is, is way more crucial, I would say. It's way more crucial than it is here. And, you know, in a, in a place like America, we've got resources for people who don't have an education, for people who need a help, you know, helping hand. We have those resources. And, uh, but there they don't. They don't have that to, to lean on. So, so getting an education um, is, is more important to them than it is even to us. And, and we know it's important here. I'm, like I said, I'm a teacher. I know it's important. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's vital um, if we're going to break their cycles and, their, and, their, and get them uh, to where they can be. So I don't know if I'm explaining that quite right but yeah good so we have we've we've partnered with you guys in the past um and actually gave um to to build one of the classrooms in the school um that you guys are, are trying to to start a little bit can you talk about so, that Karen? yeah you guys might not know it but you own a classroom in rwanda mm -hmm. with your name on it uh, it doesn't exist yet <laughs> it, it, and so and also many of you uh sponsor one of our children in our program, and you have for a long time, and your sponsorship is priceless, but the funding that you've given has transformed even within Amana Kids, because earlier when we started, we were sending our kids to boarding schools throughout Kigali, um, and boarding schools are really the best option for our kids, because they don't have families, they don't have a safe place to go. We're working on that, we're working on a foster care community there. Um, but because of your giving and because we financially have the classrooms, we've been able to transform a strip mall that was 
gutted during the genocide in 1994. That strip mall now is an amazing, happy, joyful school that is run by uh, our dear friends. Uh, and each of those staff members, each of those teachers are people that we would send our own children here in America to. And so you don't physically have a classroom yet, but you've, got, you've helped support this entire strip mall that's doing wonderful like community transforming work. And it's busting at the seams. So it they, is busting at the seams. We need to, the pandemic to end. Yeah, the, the construction, the pandemic has really delayed everything in the world, but the construction of the school is one of the things. And uh, so right now they're having to split the day and have their teachers go you know, into the evening because they're doing half the kids in the morning and half the kids mm -hmm. in the afternoon. And it's really, it's really uh, creating a hardship on them. But um, as soon as we can get the government clearance to, to start building again, then, then uh, we're going to get going on our school. I can't imagine some of the red tape that you guys have to deal with all the time. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, yes, yes. so um, that was one of the projects. So one of the projects you guys need to know about that we're, that we're going to help with this year is um, they are they're trying to start a dental clinic. Um, there with the kids. And this is one of the big projects that we're taking on through our Advent Conspiracy offering. So whatever you give this year is actually going to help build and, and start this dental clinic. So I want you guys to talk a little bit about that. Where'd it come from? Um, how do you see this continuing to help Amana kids and the mission move forward? Well, you know, um, our personal mantra between our marriage and our family is that we just, we're working to advance God's kingdom, like whatever that looks like in the classroom, in the delivery room, uh, in, in Amana Kids. And so when we started Amana Kids, we wanted to keep it simple, like just know these kids, love them, put them in school. Um, but we just go where God calls us. And he, um, over the years, uh, our kids are in pretty good health, but the, we run into a lot of dental problems. And Ryan's got... Yeah, yeah. I, I, there's one story of a, a young man named Emmanuel and in, it was in 2014, it was our second visit there, and I, I noticed that at the time we were there, and our, we were there for several days, and he was wearing a, a, uh, a turtleneck sweater, a really bulky turtleneck sweaty, sweater. And if you don't know where Rwanda is, it's equatorial, it's tropical, it, you know, it's 80 degrees every day of the year. And so it's, it's really weird that he's wearing this, this thing, and I, and I finally you know, asked him about it, he was really shy about it, and, and um, he didn't know any English, so I had to have our, our, uh, our in-country director, James, who's fantastic, different, you know, he's got his own three-hour story. But, um, so I had him interpret for us, and uh, yeah, Manya's heard that three-hour story many times. Uh, but it, and it turns out he had, he had uh, his face was all swollen up, and on the side, and his jaw, and, and it was, uh, turned out that he'd had this impacted molar. I don't know if anybody has had an impacted molar before, but evidently they're quite painful. And he'd had it for like over a month, and it was just he didn't know what to do. And so we, I was like, well, why don't we take him down to the clinic and just see what they can they can do down there? So we we walked him down to a clinic that wasn't too far away, and uh, got him some uh, some pain medicine, some antibiotics, and set up an appointment to have the the molar removed. And it cost $17, all of that, $17. And, and that, was, that one really hit me hard. I was like, well, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. And it was, it was so grateful. And then it was like, wow, 17 bucks. Because that, that may as well have been a million to him. 
because that was never going to happen. He was never going to get 17 bucks, you know, to, to, you know, to have this thing taken care of. That was just not going to happen. And so it really opened our eyes to, to what we can really do with our resources. And it opened my eyes to, to what I'm spending my money on. You know, what, what am I, what have I wasted 17 bucks on before? And, and so it, you know, getting something like a dental clinic, you know, opening one here as opposed to opening one there, the, you know, we can do that. We can do it. You know, we, we just, we need to get some, some people behind it and say, we can do this. And, and probably one of the most um, rewarding parts of, of doing Amana Kids is the, the ripple effect that has happened. And um, I was introduced to a dentist in the Omaha metro area, uh, actually just to try to get money from him. <laughs> um, but God, God had better plans than just finances. And this guy uh, owns several dental clinics and he has a personal goal of 28,000 smiles by 2028, meaning he's giving out 28,000 free services. And so I just asked him uh, when I was meeting with him, like I showed him some pictures of our kids' teeth and he was like, well, that's just too much fluoride in your well water. That's an easy, like I've got a solution for that. And uh, long story short, he's now partnering with us, uh, sending, saving all of his met. We've got a warehouse full of dental equipment that he's saving for us. Um, he's got a heart for missions, uh, whether he realizes it or not. <laughs> and he's really excited to start sending uh, dental students with him on the regular basis. And we've got, we're already prior to the pandemic, prior to when all of us knew about telehealth, Amana Kids was using it with a little dental wand on a video so that our staff in Rwanda were showing this dentist the kids' teeth when they had problems like Ryan described, and he could triage them with the telehealth services. So um, he's already feeling very connected and invested in our children, and uh, he's just anxious to get his feet on the ground and start doing work. It's a, it's a pretty, it's simple, but it's not simple for them to right. get to get this up and running. So basically, right. what we're what we're just trying to do is to partner with Amana Kids. Like we've we've taken a couple trips um, to Rwanda up to this point. We'll take more trips in the future. Um, but the 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 thing that I love about Amana Kids is their their approach is it's holistic. It's Let's go and let's be somewhere for a long time. We're not just going to go and do these two-week trips and then come out, but we're going to go, we're going to invest in, in one thing, one place for a really long time um, and continue to see the, the fruit of that. You guys, there, there are kids <clears throat> who have kind of grown up through this, and they're, they're either, you said married or in the States going through school what were some of the other things? Uh, yeah, we've got two of our uh, two of our students right now that are going to school in the United States, going to college. Um, that was, you know, that's a dream of a lot of the kids. Uh, you know, now that they've got dreams, it's, which is yeah. another fantastic thing, is uh, at, you know, going to, that they've been to school. They're they're learning more about the world. They start developing these dreams, and one of them was that they wanted to come to the United States. And that's a pretty. I don't know if you've traveled internationally, especially in developing countries. The United States is. A beacon. It's like this place that they, you know, this this golden land of opportunity that that we kind of sometimes think it's kind of hokey, but no, it's a real thing. You know, it's a real thing. And so they uh, they really want to they want to come. And so that that's a that's a, a really high. So the kids, the two kids that are here, are both super high achievers, and they had to score really high on tests, and and they were able to. We have a 
a, uh, one of our members is a, is a guidance counselor and got, a, got into you know, helping some of these kids find colleges. And but just also, we have dozens of kids that have graduated from trade programs from college in Rwanda um, that are working in their functioning as members of society. Uh, we've got a couple that are married and have kids now. Um, and so they speak, for, they speak for themselves that education is life-changing and being known and loved and seen. And we got to be the mother and the father of the groom at a uh, Rwandan wedding. And uh, that, was a, that was quite an that experience. Was yeah, that was one story. of these things is not like the other, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. Talk, talk a little bit about um, some of the challenges and some of the, um, just some of the, the, the good things that have happened because of the, the pandemic. <laughs> I got one that I didn't get to say the first time. So uh, personally, um, we've wanted to do missions differently. And so we've, we've wanted to be able to em empower our Rwandan brothers and sisters to do things without us. Um, and that's been forced to happen during the pandemic because we couldn't physically be there. And so we've been able to see, like to sit back and trust God that we've been, we've been partnering with them long enough, like they're doing this and they were doing it and they're still doing it. Uh, and so that's been really exciting to see because it's our dream that they, that Rwandans don't need Americans. Like we're, we're there beside them supporting and loving them, but they don't need us. Yeah. And then you were, you had. Oh, yeah. One of the things that inspired me most from the last year and a half is that we have these kids. And, and like I said, they're, they're from the most modest beginnings you can possibly imagine, um, you know, where they're, they're scrounging for food, you know, stealing, doing whatever they had to do to, to, to feed themselves and, and the kids around them. And, and so now we get these stories of our kids and... Our, well, I would say our kids actually, we had some kids and our director who got arrested. And we were so proud of them. <laughs> COVID, COVID jail. It was COVID jail. They, they broke, they were breaking quarantine rules because they, had, they were delivering food to oh. back to uh, Kimisagara, which was the name of the, where they the, came from. the slum area where they came from. Mm. And they were, they had saved up their money and they went and took their money and bought food and were delivering it. And they were doing it every two weeks, yeah. and one time they just got caught, and they weren't be, supposed to be out. Um, they were they were quickly released, yeah. but uh, but we we're saying that they were they were getting Paul, into. Paul spent a lot of time in jail. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> there is a good kind of jail. Good kind, got into that's right. a good, good kind of trouble. That's right. Good. So um, apart from what we're gonna what we're gonna do through um, the the dental clinic, if individuals and families want to connect with Amana Kids, where would you point them? So after, there's many of the people sitting around you that may sponsor an Amana kid already, and I would encourage you to talk with them about that experience. Uh, you've got members here that have traveled with us that can tell you firsthand. Uh, and then you've got one of our board members, Manya Smith, that's here, and she's on your missions board. Uh, and then you can go to our website, uh, imanakids.org. And there's a connect, get connected, sign up for our newsletters. We anticipate we'll be traveling again, sending teams. And you don't need to have a skill set to travel with us. All you have to be willing is to love some kids. We'll definitely be sending some eventually. Yeah, just we just don't know when. <laughs> Hopefully soon. Uh, we have a gala March 12th that's amazing. It's a fun time. It's a short drive up to Omaha that you can get involved in. 
Uh, and then uh, we always have kids that are going to need sponsored. So if you feel like you can make a monthly commitment and really as much as financial that you would be writing those letters and praying mm. and because our kids, when they get sponsored, you're their family. Yeah. Like yeah. your um, words, your photos are what they live for. Our, uh, our slogan as Amana Kids is, is love one child, change the world. And that is completely true. That is 100% true. Um, you, you don't have any idea the kind of impact that your love has. And so when I take the, when I take the letters and the photos and, the, and, and I take those things, and I, you know, I usually get to go, and now Amanya gets to go. And, um, and after, just after Christmas, she gets to go take some, some care packages from sponsors. And, it's, and it is so, so you know, fulfilling. That's the, just to watch the kids, they all, they, you know, if they get little gifts, they're like, yeah, okay, I got some chocolates, that's great, but give me that letter. Mm. They get the letter, they tear it open. If they're too young to read or if they don't know their English very well yet, they're finding a big kid to help them read it, and they are just cherishing that, and they hold it with them, and they read it over and over and over again, and they have these photos, and they stick these photos, like, in their shirt, and they'll take them with them, and they'll We've have... had kids steal other kids' letters, even, <laughs> because yeah. they just want to have those words. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's so, like, so those words, and that connection, that, that, that feeling of somebody loves me uh, enough to write me a letter from all the way to the other side of the world, that is... That is that's it. That's the world. Change. That's the game changer right there. And that's that's what uh, changes their trajectory 180 degrees in, in life. So. Good. So I want to encourage you, um, even if it's just logging on to imanakids.org and and connect with them, get their newsletter, pray for them, um, in, in in all kinds of ways that you can. So um, I want to pray for um, Ryan and Kara. I want to pray for Amana Kids. Um, and um, before I do, remind me again what Amana means. Okay. Yeah, uh, Amana is in the uh, in the native language of Kinyarwanda. It means of God, so we know that our kids are they're, they're kids of God, and so they are all proud, and they they all have a T-shirt that says that they are loved, and it says both in English and in Kinyarwanda, and, and it's uh, it's it's just yeah, it just means okay. that they are God's kids. It's awesome. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for uh, just an opportunity to to pause and to look upward, to, to think about something um, well beyond most of our experience. Um, Got to know that there are, are people that are part of our church who have, who have experienced um, leaving this place and going and um, adopting someone from somewhere, a, a kid from somewhere else and bringing them back and the many things, the many layers that comes with that, uh, and many of us haven't. Um, but Father, my prayer is that uh, regardless if we have or if we haven't, regardless if we're, if we're planning on that or we're not, um, that we would be a part of your heart for orphans, that we would be a part of what it looks like um, to love on kids to, that, that maybe don't have a family, that, that just, they just want a letter um, from, from a father figure, from a mother figure, from some type of family system, um, that we could be a part of that, that you would... You would get us out, just like you sent Ryan and Kara, uh, that you would send us in the ways uh, that you want us to go. Um, God, I pray for Amana Kids. I pray uh, for uh, resources. I pray for networking. I pray for the people, the right people, just like this dentist, uh, that would come along to help them continue to expand uh, their ministry. You've blessed it already uh, because it's obviously of you, and I ask that you would continue to do so. God, would you help us 
as a church and as individuals, as families, to know how we can come alongside um, of Ryan and Kara and the work that you've called them to. Um, God, I pray that you would help us to live out uh, the theology of Christmas, not just um, in our giving, but in how we treat people and how we love people that are outside um, of our inner circle. Thanks, God, for the stories. Thanks for the, the reminder that you're still at work um, and we can join you in that work. We love you, we praise you, and we ask all of this in Jesus' name.